right, well, take out your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you, and turn with me to the book of Daniel. Daniel, we're going through different characters in the Bible, and tonight we're looking at Daniel, and Daniel, the grace to stand. The grace to stand. Turn to Daniel chapter 6 and verse 4. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 4. Daniel chapter 6 verse 4. You know, the story of Daniel shows the power of God to deliver his children from the greatest threats the world can offer. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about persecution. Because most likely, as a believer living for the Lord, you're going to face some type of criticism about your faith in Christ. Someone's not going to like it. And Daniel faced that in his life. And we're going to look at that tonight. There was a man, his name was Sed, S-E-D. Sed was kind of the mayor of his little community in Africa. Well, Sed one day had a, had a get-together at his house for all the Christians. And they prayed and they sang songs. They had a service. Well, the word got out that they had this little meeting at their, his home and people got upset about it. They didn't like it. And some of the officials from the city and that area came to meet Said. And they said, Said, either you renounce Christ or you're going to lose your position. And with the position came an income. So it would have affected him. And he said, I'm not forsaking Christ. Christ has been good for me. Christ has been good for my family. He says, you can take the money, you can take my position, but I'm not going to forsake Christ. And they did. They made him resign. They took away his income. But he says he's, he's not going back. And he's even had some persecution. People have criticized him. People have threatened his family. But he's remained faithful to the Lord. And that happens sometimes, doesn't it? because of our faith in Christ. Someone said this, often in life we do not know how well we are growing in grace until we are mistreated. Isn't that true? Sometimes we just really don't know how we're doing until someone, you know, mistreats us a little bit and then that kind of tells us a little bit about ourselves. How confident we are in our faith and, uh, you know, our... So, that is true sometimes. How often, or rather let me ask this, how do you respond to those who challenge your faith in Christ? Maybe the last time you were challenged, how did you respond to that challenge? Daniel found himself in Babylon at a very young age, a teenager. He was one of those three deportations that happened uh, when Jerusalem was, uh, you know, when Judah and Jerusalem were attacked by the Babylonians. And three different deportations happened. And Daniel was the first one, 605 B.C. And he was taken to Babylon. And there they thought, well, you know, we have these young men, the brightest and the best of Israel. 
and we're going to bring them and we're going to assimilate them into Babylonian culture. We're going to get them to forget their, their origin, forget their nationality, Israel. We'll get them to forget their God and we'll just make them Babylonians and we'll have the best of both worlds. But Daniel, early in his life, purposed in his heart that that wasn't going to happen. He purposed in his heart. And what, how did he do that? He says, I'm going to, I'm going to keep the rules and regulations of the, Mose, the, the law of Moses, especially the dietary laws. And he says, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to let those go. I'm going to keep those. And that, was, that enabled him to live a separated life. Even though he was surrounded and engulfed in a godless culture, he stayed faithful to the Lord. And, but because of his faithfulness, he suffered. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. So we're going to look at three steps to a cruel plot to remove Daniel from his post. Three steps to a cruel plot to remove him from his post. This persecution didn't come till Daniel was probably well in his 60s. And older now, Daniel... But he's still faithful. He's still faithful to the Lord. So point number one, if you're following along in the outline that, that we've given to you with your prayer list, if you're following along, write down an evil declaration. An evil declaration. Someone said this, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. Meaning this, you got to go through some rough water to really develop your craft. Okay, and that's true in our life, right? You got to go through some trials and that leads us to letter A in our outline, an ungodly trial, an ungodly trial. Let's pick it up here. Daniel chapter six and verse four. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could not find none occasion nor fault for as much as he was faithful Neither was there any error or fault found in him. So Daniel is a man who has a position. He's in charge of the treasury of, the, of this wonderful, great, massive empire. And he's the one in charge of the money. And the people that work with him, these ministers, these presidents and princes, no doubt they don't like Daniel because he's just a little too honest. He won't let, you know, he won't take a bribe so they can kind of succumb some of the funds that belongs to the king. And so they don't like him. And they're determined to get rid of him. But they can't find any occasion, it says. There's no reason to get rid of him. He is so good, he is so faithful in his job, they can't find anything about him to remove him from his post. And so they have this ungodly trial he's attacked because of his faith and that leads us to letter b a faithful testimony a faithful testimony it says here in verse 5 again we shall not find any occasion against this daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his god so they can't find it in his life his personal life they can't find it in his job his you know his business life or his professional life so now they got to go to his religious life. They got to go and find something that in his faith 
that they might find something against him. And they find that he's a man of prayer. He's a man who's faithful to God in every way. Sometimes God will allow a test in your life so that you will have a good testimony. Okay? To, to, to show that, yeah, your testimony is a good one. And so did Daniel. He had a name, as the Proverbs chapter 22 verse 1 says, a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Amen. So he had a good name. He had a good testimony. He had a good faith. And that leads us to point number C, letter C, a jealous trap. A jealous trap. Notice it says in verse 6, Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions, which is a lie. They didn't ask Daniel. <laughs> well, we asked everybody, except for Daniel. <laughs> so he lied to him. Verse 8, Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persian, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. So they were able to come and, you know, tell the king he was so important that he deserved 30 days of prayer. And he fell for it. All right? He, he was gullible to these men. And they lied and they were able to get that law passed knowing that once he signed it, because of the law of the Medes and the Persians, uh, it could not go back. He could, the king could not even revoke his own law once it was signed into law of the land. And so their plot, they have their plot. Seems like everything's going to plan for them. And we see that here. I don't know if you ever heard of William Wilberforce. You ever heard of him? He was a politician over in, I shouldn't say a politician, that's kind of a bad connotation, isn't it, today? <laughs> in, our, in our time, isn't it? Uh, let's call him a statesman, all right? That's a little better. He was a statesman. Uh, he, was a, he was in the Parliament of England. He came from a wealthy family, and he was in the Parliament. In his early life, he really wasn't a Christian and didn't live for God, but he got saved and began to live for the Lord. And while he was in Parliament... He began, uh, when he found out about the slave trade and all the evils of that terrible thing, you know, the suffering that went on uh, in that trade uh, was deplorable. And he, he said, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to stop it. And he did. He tried to get laws passed in the British Parliament. And many times he tried to get one passed and it, was, it, it failed. And he tried again and it failed. And because of his faith and because of his, his uh, desire to see that terrible law passed, he was persecuted. People didn't like him. They said things about him. They even, they even tried to hurt him. But he was faithful. And finally, after 15 years of struggling 
doing his best, he was able to get a law passed that abolished slavery in the British Empire. Faithfulness. But he had to suffer. It wasn't easy. <laughs> and he had to suffer for it. And you know, sometimes we as Christians, there'll be times when we may have to suffer for the cause of Christ. We may have to uh, find out just what it is uh, to be a Christian and to not be liked, to be criticized. And, you know, you may have to do that one day. And hopefully, if that comes, you'll be able to stand yeah. and be faithful Amen. for that. And then we see point number two. We see an earnest determination. An earnest determination. Here, Daniel, now there's a law. Can't pray. But Daniel, what does he do? Well, we notice in verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, so he couldn't say, well, I didn't know. I was ignorant. <laughs> the Bible says he knew. He knew what he was doing. He went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. And these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. So what do we see here? Letter A, a planned prayer. And he didn't do it in secret. He opened his windows just like he would always do. Now, why was that being done? Why was he doing the way he prayed? Well, because he was following something that Solomon had prayed years before when he dedicated the temple to the Lord. Back in, I got the reference here if you want to write it down. 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 36 to 39. You can go and read that if you like. But Solomon basically prayed, if there comes a time when my people of Israel will forsake the Lord and disobey him and God actually take them out of the land into captivity, then there is a recourse. What they can do is they can turn themselves and pray. They were to pray towards Jerusalem and the temple. And if they would repent of their sin, God would hear them and forgive them. And so Daniel, most likely for many years, was doing that. On behalf of the nation, was praying to God, asking for repentance, or in a repentant way, and asking for forgiveness. And we know from history, the answer's about to come. Because <laughs> we knew the captivity is only 70 years. And so it's coming. And God's going to answer his prayer. But he prayed that way. And they knew that. His persecutors were so confident that Daniel was going to be a man of prayer that they were just ready. They were ready and they were watching him. That's how confident they were that Daniel was a man of prayer. And that leads us to letter B, a prepared persecution. A prepared persecution. Well, they had all their, everything planned. It was all ready. So when they caught Daniel praying, notice what it says in verse 12. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. 
Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within 30 days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king, and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no degree nor stature which the king establisheth may be changed. And so he's arrested, he's brought before the king and tried, he's found guilty of praying to God, praying to another deity other than the king, and found guilty. And uh, the king does his best to get Daniel off. He pleads for his case, but these men know the law, and they will not relent. They will not bend. And therefore, Daniel is going to be thrown into the lion's den. You know, the apostles, I'm reminded of them in Acts chapter 5, when they were preaching in the temple. And they were, they were arrested. And there was that, uh, they brought them before the Sanhedrin, that Jewish body of, of, the, of uh, assembly. And there, uh, they said to them, they said, quit preaching about Jesus. And Peter got up and said those famous words, right? We must obey God rather than men. And all they got mad. They did not like that. And they didn't like their message. But one person got up and kind of calmed them down and said, now listen, just, we'll just warn them and this thing probably won't go anywhere. And they let them go after they let them go, or before they let them go, they beat them. And the Bible says that when they left, they praised God that they could suffer for Christ. And the Bible says they were praised the Lord in the temple, and they went house to house teaching about Jesus. You see, these men, they suffered, but they weren't going to quit. They, weren't, they were going to be faithful. And you know, sometimes when we're persecuted... God wants us just to be faithful. Amen. Be faithful. Be faithful in what, what we believe in. Be faithful in our convictions. And just trust the Lord. And let Him uh, be that one who, who we are standing for. Amen. We're standing for Him. Yeah. And when we do, actually when we do stand for Him and we stand for our convictions, we're actually bringing glory to God. We may not Amen. feel like it. <laughs> we might not think so. But we are actually bringing glory to him. And he is exalted for that. So keep that in mind. Be encouraged when that happens. And that leads us to point number three here tonight. An exceptional deliverance. An exceptional deliverance. You know, Daniel's enemies were not prepared for what was about to happen, were they? They were so confident. They were so confident that they had... Everything taken care of. All, everything was signed. Everything was handled. 
And they thought all was done. But that wasn't the case, wasn't it? Because they didn't count on something. They didn't count on Daniel's God. <laughs> Daniel's God was going to step in. He, uh, Psalms, Psalms chapter 37 verse 40 says, He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. So we see letter A, a concerned king. Well, the king, <laughs> you know, I don't know, if how, I don't know if he believed in the God of Daniel. I don't know if he was feeling sorry for Daniel. I think uh, he probably liked Daniel. Daniel's probably a good man, a trusted man. But also Daniel was a faithful politician and a faithful bureaucrat who did his job honestly. So I'm sure the king didn't want to lose him because of his faithfulness and most likely because of their relationship. So he's concerned and the Bible says in verse 16, then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed according or concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went with him. So he has confidence putting on the lid. Your, king, your God will be with you, but he can't sleep that night. A little bit of a paradox there. <laughs> but anyways... Uh, he's, he's, he's fasting and he's hoping for the best. And then we see letter B, a protected prophet. Verse 18, uh, rather, let's go to verse 19. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. When he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel and the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lions' mouths, that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, I have done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. God protected him, sent that angel to shut those lions' mouths. It wasn't that they weren't hungry. <laughs> They just couldn't eat. They just couldn't, they couldn't do it. I like what, um, uh, what uh, you remember J. Vernon McGee? Yeah. Remember what he said about Daniel? He said why they didn't eat Daniel? He was just all gristle and backbone. <laughs> but anyways, I'll never forget that. But God spared him. God spared his life. What a blessing. And you know, that just gives God the glory, right? Amen. Just gives God the glory. And that's the purpose. But you know what? Let's be honest. 
That doesn't happen to everybody. It doesn't happen to everybody. It happens to a few. Most likely most suffer. Because that's what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 35 to 40 says. Of whom the world was not worthy, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Means they passed away. They suffered. And that was true in the Old Testament. And it's also true today. In the day of age we're in. Many people are suffering for Christ. We are blessed to be in Canada. We are blessed to have freedom of religion. And uh, we should not take that for granted. And understand that. Many believers have died for their faith, but yet still the glory goes to God and the gospel is furthered. Psalm chapter 18 verse 2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. God delivers sometimes. He delivers them from life, from death. Sometimes he delivers them through death, through the fire. In conclusion tonight, Even during our most extreme moments, God will always provide the grace we need to stand for Him. And that's really what it's about, isn't it? It's about God's grace. David Livingston, I think most of you are familiar with David Livingston, missionary to Africa, served uh, down in some of the, you know, darkest of Africa, not meaning literal darkness, but when it comes to, uh, you know, the, the... the religion and the, the life that those people live, the sin and things, it was, a dark, it was a dark place. And he took the gospel, he took the light to those people about Jesus Christ. And one day he was back home in Scotland visiting and they asked him to speak. And he said, and he kind of was telling about some of the things he went through and th- some of the things, the trials that he faced, the loneliness, sometimes the only white person <laughs> among all these people. But he said this, one thing that sustained him all those times was this, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And he had that promise, the promise of God's presence. And that sustained him through many places. Hebrews chapter 13, verse five says, be content with such thing as you have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The lesson we learned tonight, do not, we do not need to let persecution discourage us from living for Christ. Don't let it discourage you. Amen. Determine to be faithful to God when we are faced with pressure to turn from the Lord. And then be reminded of the great power that God has to deliver us from our enemies. I think Amen. Daniel is a good example of how to live a godly life in an ungodly culture. And maybe you're feeling that way today. You're just looking around at Canada and, you know, let's be honest, it's growing ungodly. It's growing secular more and more. And you may feel that way. You may feel, boy, what are we going to do? Well, let's stand. Amen. Let's be faithful. And uh, let the world, you know, we can't, we can't do, you know, other than give out the gospel, uh, it'll be what it'll be but it doesn't have to affect us. We can live for God. We can live separated lives, but we have to determine in our hearts, purpose in our hearts to do so. 
Let's be faithful. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear God and Heavenly Father, we thank you. We appreciate the, the lessons of Daniel that he gives us and the picture of God's grace in his life, the stand for you in, in times uh, when he was alone, in times when it didn't look good for him, when he was facing death. And Lord, you were faithful. And so, Father, when we go through difficulties, when we're tempted and we're uh, faced with persecution, you'll be with us and your grace will sustain us as well. So help us to have that confidence as we live our life for Christ, even in this ungodly world we find ourselves. So bless us now. Bless our time in prayer this evening. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.